name is Freed. You are listening to the starting pistol episode of Where's the Popcorn Now? As you have probably noticed, this is a multi-contributor venture where I am just a small piece. Now, I'm just a normal fella that absolutely loves to get lost in movies, and I love to praise and or bitch about them even more so. You know, I'm just a fan. Nothing more, nothing less. And I kind of think my film philosophy kind of revolves around this Albert Camus quote, which I'm going to paraphrase, which I didn't really know what interested me, but I did know for sure what didn't interest me. (laughs) Now, aside from just giving random movie reviews, I've decided to change it up a little bit, and I've hunted the internet for the quote-unquote best movies of all time list, and I've found quite a few, as you can imagine, and all of them seem to have the round number of 100. They found the 100 greatest movies, like Rolling Stone Magazine, 100, Quora, 100, Time Out Magazine, 100, American Film Institute, 100, Empire Online, 100, Variety Magazine, 100, IMDB 100, and so on and so on. This is all about 100, and I have a feeling that a lot of these lists are going to overlap. There are going to be some similarities between all of them. So I landed on the most mainstream, the most accessible, probably the most visited out of the lot, and that's the Internet Movie Database list, which is, again, 100 films long. Now, I could just go one by one, starting at 100 and working my way down, giving you reviews on each one of those, but that seems a bit boring and monotonous, so I want to keep it fresh for you, and I want to keep it fresh for myself as well, because I'm not going to completely look at this list all the time. So what I'm going to do, and what I have done for this first initial review, is I put 1 to 100 in a random number generator on Google, and this time it landed on number 75. So we will talk about what number 75 is and what that movie is, and I'll give you a review and a score of it. But first, just letting you know, that is how my segment of this whole podcast is going to move forward. If we make it through all 100, I will pick another list, and then we will go down that one accordingly. Now, in case you were curious, I've chosen the Internet Movie Database Top 100. Uh, It's actually, the list is entitled, The Top 100 Greatest Movies of All Time, The Ultimate List. Now, I've chosen IMDb because it is very mainstream, because it's very accessible, and the films on this list are quite popular, and you've probably seen 99% of them. I know I have, but it's been a while, so it's going to be fun to revisit them. Now, I didn't want to jump down the whole hidden gems trope on this podcast just yet. This is still in its infancy, and I don't want to get all obscure and weird on you right out of the gate. All right, our random number generator has given us number 75, and on the IMDb list, number 75 is... Right here is when I would normally give you a line from the movie and see if you can guess what movie we're going to be discussing today. But today, I don't even need a line. I just need one single word, and that word is wood chipper. I know you know. You know. Number 75 is the Coen Brothers gem from 1996, Fargo. And I guess that was your accomplice in the wood chipper. There's more to life than a little money, you know. Don't you know that? Fun fact, that wood chipper is actually on display at the Fargo, North Dakota Welcome Center on I-94, which is pretty fun. Now, this movie is also a, uh, let's call it a kidnapping gone wrong caper, which is very similar to the plot line of The Big Lebowski, which is the Coen Brothers' next movie in line, which happened in 1998, I believe, which is actually my number one movie of all time, in case you were curious. Now, 
This is a movie review podcast, okay? So there will be some light spoilers. Now, I'm not going to really go into detail on the very end of the movies because I want you all to watch them and come to your own conclusions. I'm just going to discuss the general plot outlines and kind of paint you a little bit of a picture as to what the movie is about so you can maybe find it that interesting and then seek out that movie and watch it for yourself. And if you have watched it for yourself or you're going to, please tell me in the, uh, the comments down below, what are your thoughts? What do you think? Does this movie belong on this list? And if so, does it belong at number 75? Where, do you, where would you put it if you were to be making this list? All right, although there are quite a few people in this cast, we're going to be focusing on the main four. And the first one being, of course, Frances McDermott's character Margie Gunderson, which she won her first of four Academy Awards for this role. Next up is William H. Macy as the role of Jerry Lundergaard, which he, fun fact about that, he read twice for this role and never received a third callback, but he was so sure he was right for that role, he flew himself to New York City to confront the Coen brothers, saying that he is worried that they are going to obliterate this movie by casting the wrong person as Jerry. And he said if he didn't get cast as Jerry Lundergaard, he was going to shoot the Coen brothers' dogs. True story. Obviously, he was in jest, and I think he was, you know, being a bit hyperbolic when he was talking about pet murder, but it worked. He got the role nonetheless. The next two are kind of the secondary antagonists of this film. We have Steve Buscemi as Carl Showalter and Peter Stormer as Gair Grimsrud. You may recognize Peter Stormer as uh, Uli Konko from the Big Lebowski movie, which, again, he was a bit of a nihilist. He liked pancakes. He didn't say a whole lot, which is very similar to his role in this movie, Fargo. Steve Buscemi, who was also in The Big Lebowski as Donnie, a fun bit of hearsay, and I'm not sure of its uh, legitimacy to the story, is that Steve Buscemi's character in Fargo was quite the, uh, we'll say, the loquacious type. He was a very chatty young man. So when the Coen brothers were writing the role of Donnie in The Big Lebowski, they knew they were going to cast Steve Buscemi as the role of Donnie, and every piece of dialogue or scene that Donnie was involved in involved having him being told to shut the fuck up. So it's a bit of a carryover, and I absolutely love that when movies and directors overlap or kind of give us a little bit of an inside joke throughout their, their movie catalog. It's the best. All right, now in typical Coen Brothers fashion, the lines are serious, but somehow seem to manage a grin or a laugh from the viewer. And I attribute that from just A, perfect wording, and also B, perfect line delivery. And I think that's probably why the Coen Brothers keep a regular stable of, of, of actors in their movies. They know what they want, and they know who can deliver their uh, written lines exactly the way they want. This is apparently based off a true story from 1987, and while the story itself is pretty good, it seems more appropriate for like a Mr. Ballin episode rather than a feature film, on paper anyway. The brothers bring it to life, in my opinion though, with just enough character development to keep us fixated and with a level of realism that had me thinking that I know people that are just like Margie, her husband, and Jerry, sans the evil side. Although the city of Fargo is in North Dakota, the majority of this movie is based in Minnesota, which the Coen brothers described as, quote-unquote, Serbia with family restaurants, <laughs> which is great. The story revolves around a car salesman, Jerry Lundegaard, played by Macy, staging a mock kidnapping of his wife in order to extort some funds out of her rich father to finance a land deal he is trying to develop, a.k.a. a hunk of land he wants to turn into a parking lot. But things end up going pretty sideways, as you can imagine. Q. Buscemi and Stormer, a couple of professional criminals that take on the task of abducting the aforementioned wife in exchange for a vehicle and a handsome sum of money. 
Things seem to be going as planned, despite some minor injuries and our two baddies are transporting our kidnapped victim to the predetermined hideout. Until a routine traffic stop by a state trooper turns into a triple homicide, Buscemi's character, being overly confident, feels as if he can talk and or bribe his way out of this police stop, and upon seeing that plan failing, Stormer decides to take matters into his own hands. This horse has now been officially painted a different color. And now, enter Margie Gunderson, a seven-months pregnant police officer put in charge of this case. Now, fun fact, the Coens wanted Margie and her husband, Norm, played by John Carroll Lynch, to have a backstory. So they decided that both of them were cops, and they also decided that one of them needed to stay home and care for their future child. Margie, being the better cop of the two, stayed on while Norm stayed home focusing on his painting while awaiting the birth of their kid. I love little stories like that. Anyways, back to the movie. Now, when Margie arrives on the highway to assess the crime scene, she pretty much nails what happened right off the bat, supporting the idea that she's a she's a damn fine cap. She seems to be able to seamlessly weave in and out of cop mode and normal lady mode, which is perfect for someone trying to acquire information. You like her immediately. And with McDermott kind of described her line delivery and accent as Minnesota nice. And along with the guard-dropping smile she'd incorporate into her conversations, it was impossible not to like her. Some would label her as just constantly being in, like, good cop mode with no bad cop around, but I think that's just her natural character. She's a real person, a good person, that just happens to be quite talented at police work. Now, with all that Margie praise, that's actually where I'm going to end all of my movie summary, because I've painted the picture for you, and now I want you to go and watch it yourself and see how everything turns out. And I know the whole trope, if you show a gun in the first act, it's got to go out in the third act. Well, you can imagine what happens with that wood chipper, can't you? Now, as for my thoughts and opinion on this flick, I love it. I really enjoy it. I think the awards are justified, especially for Mrs. McDermott. I mean, she won the Oscar for Best Actress from this role, and she wasn't even in the first 30 minutes of the movie. She was only in the movie for the last hour, and the movie's only an hour and a half long. You have to be absolutely killing it in this role to win the Academy Award when you're only in two-thirds of the movie. That's just impressive, man. So, if you like a good story, surrounded with quirky dialogue that will make you chuckle even if you're not sure you're supposed to, check this out. It's Coen Brothers Gold, and I feel as if being at number 75 is a tad generous. I do think it deserves to be on the list, don't get me wrong. But I think 75 might be a little bit high. I would put it more in the 80s. I personally give it a 7 out of 10. That's my score. And so, yeah, what are your thoughts on Fargo or the Coen Brothers in general? I mean, how do you feel about directors that bring in the same actors time and time again? Do you think that's cool or do you like more variety? Leave your comments down in the uh, in the comment section. I'd love to hear from you and I'll reply to as many of them as I can. So uh, that's all I have for Fargo, number 75 on our IMDb greatest 100 list ever and we'll see what our next one is when i punch in the number generator when you know i know or it's the other way around when i know you'll know so we'll see you next time on where's the popcorn and in the meantime save me a seat
Thank you for tuning in to this episode, proudly presented by the APNM Group, a subsidiary of Alger Productions, LLC. We strive to produce content that informs, entertains, and adds value to your day. We value your input and would be delighted to hear your thoughts in the comments about this episode. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, please engage with us in the comments section or via our social media platforms. Your feedback helps us shape our content and uncover new topics that matter to our listeners. If this episode resonated with you, we kindly ask that you rate and review this show on your preferred podcast platform. Sharing this podcast with friends and family helps us reach more listeners and continue delivering content you enjoy. For more information about the podcast, the host, or our parent company, please visit the link in this episode's description. Also visit us on YouTube and Rumble to see and hear every content produced by Alger Productions. Thank you once again for your time and support. Until next time, stay tuned and stay inspired.